0: sims and i'm terry Heyman, and this is love at first listen on wche 1520 a.m and streaming live at wche
1: 1520.com each week we bring single contestants on the show ask them questions to get to know them and maybe find them romance from our listening area we like to say it's like pet of the week but for singles
0: So if you think you're a good match for one of our contestants, give us a call here at 610-701-WCHE or 610-701-9243 to speak with them during the show or reach out to us on our Facebook page, Love at First Listen, or on our website, loveatfirstlistenshow.com.
1: So today we have one guest with us. We have Megan. Hi, Megan. Thanks for being here today. Hi. Thank you. And the first thing we'll do is just give a little overview of who you are, some of your stats. So you are a woman, and you're interested in dating a man. And you are how old? I'm 41. 41 years old. Okay. And are you employed? Would you be comfortable telling us about, about that? Sure. I'm a bit in transition, and I feel like that's a longer Answer
0: okay. so I can <laughs> well we can jump into that now or well you know what don't jump into that now okay. let's hold that off because I think um, you know work is very important and what people do and I think we want to give that the the time that it's the the attention that it's due yeah so, it's kind of a lot of moving parts yes so but before we do that let's just get some of the more basic stats out of the way okay. um, what would be the age range of the person you'd be looking to meet oh.
2: Um, I would say mid-30s is pushing it on the low level. Okay. Um, but I want to be open-minded. So I'd say mid-35, like, 36, 37, and then I would go
0: into my 40s, up into 50. I will say, you, to me, look very young. And Thank I you. think a person, a man in their 30s, would have no problem dating you and in fact if you want to see what Megan looks like we just posted a picture of her <laughs> on our uh, Facebook page love at first listen so take a look there
1: because she is a very I, I think I could say she has a cool vibe don't you think Luann absolutely absolutely and definitely a younger vibe but what you're saying is you're free enough that you don't have any age restrictions or age caps but, right I am super I think the older I'm getting
2: I'm just more open um to a lot of different things. Like, we all have this set plan of, like, I'm going to be married by 25 and three kids by 30. And then as you get older, you're just, it's like, you let it flow. So That's right. So with age as well, it's kind of the same.
1: Okay.
0: And just, if you're not by uh, Facebook right now, uh, I always love this question. Has anyone ever told you you look like a particular celebrity? Yes.
2: Um, Liv Tyler. And then the other one, and I can't remember this woman.
0: Um, oh, Jessica Biel. When I was younger, though. Yes, I could see it. But, but a blonder Liv Tyler. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I, I do see that. And maybe, I as I'm talking to you now, almost like a little Taya Leone. Oh. Um,
2: maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind oh, and vibe. Ren, Renee Zellweger,
0: pre-whatever she had done. I don't You're know.
1: Like, <laughs> Pre-surgery <laughs> Renee Zellweger. That's Listen, fair. I have
0: seen promos of her for her new movies about um, Judy Garland. And I, I, think, I think the face is settled.
1: I, haven't, I, I have so not so. seen that yet. I think you're a combination, though, because, yeah, you might have the facial features of some of these people that we're talking about, but your overall vibe, the style, at least how you're dressed today, I feel like, um, who's Goldie Hawn's daughter? Oh, oh. yeah, Kate Hudson. Yeah, yeah, like a little bit like that, maybe. And, yeah. and I would
0: say, too, because you can't really see her, she's got the vibe of like a Sheryl Crow. Like, you almost have like a rocker vibe. Oh, if only I was a rocker, that'd be great, <laughs> right? I mean, not a you know, rocker. she's got know a lot of. She's got long, beautiful. For those, you know, listening, she's got long, beautiful hair. She's wearing like perfectly beat up jeans. <laughs> she's got some interesting tattoos that we are going to talk about. She's wearing like the perfectly distressed T-shirt. Um, natural beauty. I don't think there's any makeup on her, but she looks I don't great. Wear she, I, I would fail at beauty school. Oh, that's no good. doubt. <laughs> Skin like yours. Impressed. You don't. I'm very
1: impressed. You I don't, don't need it. And what if you're going out to dinner? Would you put some on? No, like I, I, my mom, this
2: is like embarrassing, but when I was like in 35, 36, whatever, my mom basically went out and bought me makeup and, and she put it as like, let's just have fun with this. And like, basically had to put makeup on me. I wasn't, I wasn't even going on a date. I don't know what we were doing, but yeah, it's kind of that long 35
1: years. She was waiting to see that.
2: Right. And I put it on and I, you know what? It's not that I feel like I look bad. It's just when I look at myself.
1: It's not me. It's not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Now, what if you were going to a wedding? Oh, lip gloss. It, lip gloss. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> her. A little bit. I, I would do. I
2: I would do eyeliner. Like I do not know how to apply. I mean, yeah. I would do eyeliner.
0: Maybe. I'm um, the same He's, way. I don't think you need eyeliner. No, I you mean, look
1: beautiful as you are. I thank think you. if you had makeup on, you would be a supermodel. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. People, well, always you said could be a I,
0: natural
2: supermodel now, but. Thanks. You know. people have always, even from childhood, adolescence, I belong in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, you have that vibe. I think this is Woodstock Weekend, it, too. The, the 50th it anniversary, yeah, right? so it's perfect timing. It is <laughs> perfect. Yeah. It is perfect. It is perfect. And you live in the Chester County area. I do. Okay, and your marital status is? Single. Single, never m- married? Never married. Came close twice. Um, How close? Well, um, the engagement like the ring in one situation, the ring was bought. And so this is my, all right, let's hear it. This go is good. This is my, um, I don't mean it to happen, but I don't, I don't fall in love often. And I, I, uh, people call it picky, but, um, when I do fall for someone, it's usually fast and furious. And in both of these relationships, one was my late twenties and one was like early thirties. Um, within like the first year we were either Living together already, or like we were full on, like we're gonna lit. Like one guy was gonna move to Canada and we were gonna buy a farm and just start, you know, growing hemp and we're gonna live in Canada. And, I could see you on a farm. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's very quick um, and then it crashes and burns. Um, so in both of those, the engagement ring was bought and I knew it was coming and then I, I, I bailed on both of them. Um, you did? I did. Before you had the ring on your finger? Yes.
0: Did you see the ring?
2: The one I, I did i didn't like I saw a picture
1: <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes this show is like on air therapy too do you think that's there's a wondering. do you think there's a pattern there that you are that's something deeper in your psyche that held you back, or do you think you just felt some red flags man i think the in re-
2: hindsight's always twenty twenty um there were red flags um I know in the first relationship, I am very and I have respect for both of these men um you know they just didn't. It's about the timing of things, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can speak to this. You know, what you think is right for you. Like, I'm very grateful that I did not walk down the aisle with either of these two men, and that's not a knock on them. Right,
0: so looking back, it's not like the fish that got away. No. It's like
2: that would have been a path that would not have been good for me. Yeah, them. it's just I wasn't in a good space. Like, I look at myself a lot, you know, and I wasn't ready. It's like you want something so bad, but when you're not really grounded and ready it's probably not the best for you so to answer your question about my patterns yes um am i open to that happening again absolutely because maybe that's what happens i don't date a lot i really don't um but do i need to be open to a slower moving potential yeah maybe that's what i need are you still in contact with those men by any chance no um no, one of them reached out actually like three, four years after we, we kind of had a long drawn out friends, friends, friends with benefit, like all that stuff. It just was not good. And then he reached out like three years after no contact. And it was so cool. Cause like I was such in an unattached space when I saw him, we met for coffee and quite honestly, I think he was kind of fishing around a little bit like, Oh yeah. Know, and, like see if you're, available. yeah. Cause my other issue, this is a therapy session. My mm-hmm. other issue is that. When I do connect with someone, I have a really hard time detaching, even when I know it's not right. So for me, it was a really good test. My friends were like, don't go see him. And, and I did, and it felt good because there was, there was love for him, but it was very...
1: You, you knew that it was closed yeah. in your life. Yeah, yeah, that is a good feeling, isn't it? You can add confirmation that you made the right decision. and Yeah,
2: yeah. And with no bitterness and hard feelings and all that stuff. That's yeah. good. I yeah. like she's a good person to break up with yeah I do. I do i mean knock on wood, but like i don't um I'm very mellow I'm a pretty calm person um I don't like drama, and a lot of people say that it's kind of cliche, but i really i don't i like honesty and keeping things really clean and I think that's a huge piece of where I'm at now um
1: so you just said a moment ago that you don't date a lot is that by choice or do you have trouble finding people to date
2: that's a good, i I would like to say it's not by choice, but do I go out and join like the canoe club for singles? Do I go on? No, I don't. (laughs) And everyone who says you should do this, I'm always like, oh, um, I wish I was a little more excited about that. But, um, no, I think at 41 it's, it's more difficult. Um, I, I do like to be social, but I, I enjoy solitude. Like I'm one of those people. I'm really okay doing my own thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: that way. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I want to spend the rest of my life alone. Like I, I, I mean, hence being on the show, like, you know, <laughs> I, um,
1: sometimes if you could have someone right next door, whenever you wanted them, yeah, right, right, wouldn't that right. be perfect? Yeah. But lived alone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we're going to have to take a break in a few minutes, but, uh, before we do, I just want to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. people have said you look like you're from like the sixties or seventies is, um, sometimes we like to say, you know, a physical type or like the the ideal celebrity look you know, mm-hmm. that you have in your mind? Like, is there a celebrity, like, oh, the, the, you know, in the perfect world, like I would, like for Luann, it's, it's Gritty and David,
1: uh, and Larry, Larry David, David. No. right. And a well, man, like, and a man, is there yeah. an idea, like a celebrity, well, either ma'am. personality or looks wise that would describe your ideal, what you think you'd be compatible with? Did you like that I said you'd date Gritty? I, well, yeah, I'd notice I didn't object. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would say, and probably, I would say Jason Momoa. <gasps> I mean that's like who a, wouldn't you know, I, I
0: mean, know right he's right um, he's so perfect for you now that I think about I it know, if only you know you could you, but I would hate to see the hair in the drain from the two of you
2: <laughs> I know right? that would be pretty bad um, Jason Momoa um, I used to have a big crush on Matthew McConaughey um, these are perfect.
0: I I could totally get the vibe that you're going for.
2: Yeah, I know. If Maybe going, a Woody
0: Harrelson, even
2: kind of. Yeah. yeah, like I'm all these people. It's artsy, offbeat kind of men, like outdoorsy. Yeah, men. And I can speak to that after the break. But okay,
0: that's something else. Being more open to you don't always get. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and when mm-hmm. we come back, we're going to talk more with Megan. So stick with us. Ooh. Hi, welcome back. And you're listening to Love at First Listen on WCHE 1520. And we're here with Megan and Luann. But before we get back to Megan, I just want to give a shout out to Taste of Olive. They have two locations, one in Westchester Borough and the other Chestnut Hill. High quality extra virgin olive oil and balsamics from across the globe. They ship around the country. Just go to atasteofolive.com and use the code LOVE at the checkout for 10% off. At a taste of olive <laughs>
1: And I think it's time to jump right into a category we like to call, tell us about your tattoos. Because you have some beautiful tattoos, and uh, you seem like a very spiritual person. So I know there's probably got to be some meaning behind them. So do you want to tell us about that? Sure. And just cut me off when I start to ramble too much, because
2: I do tend to go and go. Um, I have eight tattoos, and I got my first one when I was um, 25, and everyone said, oh, you're going to be covered. You're just going to get addicted and covered. Um, and I have found that I get them very unexpectedly. Um, they're very nature-oriented. Um, they have come at, I think, what I love about my tattoos, um, and I get it. Some people don't like them. I totally respect that. But I love them because they tell my story. For me, they are points in my life um, that things were happening. Um, Like this one on my shoulder, which obviously listeners can't see, but I got, I did a vision quest, um, which is a Native American um, ceremony. And um, this one came about from that.
0: Um, And just, if you would have mind, just lift up your sleeve and I want to describe it. It's a woman's face with um, what looks like feathers coming out from her hair.
1: Is that a feather headdress?
2: There's a feather, oh, sorry. There's a, I can't, there's
1: a. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Um, it's and a, a wing. Sun, Yeah, and a, and
1: sun, a sunrise, sunrise
0: in the mountains. And... and is that supposed to be your face? Um, I'd say it's my guardian spirit. It's the beautiful. Face. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of artwork, and I mean, it, it's, it's stunning. So the vision quest is what with that? Because I almost thought that was you. In a way. Well, but, yeah, it's funny because when I got it, several people said,
2: oh, that looks just like you, you know. And it's funny because I, um, I just asked. Um, I very much am a very – I have a very strong spiritual walk. I'll put it that way. And um, I do believe in spirit side. And um, so I asked my guides and guardians to help create this. And so it was just funny when it got put on me. And people said, "Oh, it looks like just like you." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> How <laughs> old is that tattoo? This is um, hmm. four or five years old.
0: The colors four are still old. pretty vibrant. Yeah, yeah, it's very pretty. And then this one—that um, <gasps> is beautiful. She's pointing out to a stylized wolf coyote, coyote, mm-hmm. and it is—it is really beautiful. It's modern. Um, It's black with accents of red and uh, yellow in it. And it is, it is a wow. Yeah. It's um, the colors of the medicine wheel. Um,
2: Again, in Native American culture and the coyote is someone I had no intention of getting this literally within 24 hours. It was like, this is going on you. And coyote spirit um, walks with me and Coyote is known in Native American traditions as a trickster, kind of gets a bad rap, but he also helps people to see things with new eyes and to do things pretty innovative that they might not ever do before. And given where I'm at in my life right now, it's perfect.
0: (laughs) I'm wondering, was there a triggering event to get these tattoos? I know when my brother got divorced. You know, a few months later, he, he got a tattoo. He got a commemorative yeah, tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> but that's right. Got, and, I, and I was thinking I, about getting a tattoo myself to commemorate mm-hmm. something that happened, um, like, in February. And I have an idea. I know what I want. I just, the reason why um, I haven't done it yet is because I'm so afraid that I, I'll go somewhere they won't make it exactly what's in my mind mm-hmm. I eye. Not that I'm afraid to get it. But oh, I just totally. feel like it's not going to be as good as I want. Right. Is that when your kids got their driver's licenses? Is that what you're getting? No, no. very right. A car. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's something. It's something like a little. It's when I got an article published. I was really proud of, and so I wanted to get a tattoo to commemorate it. And oh, the, um, whole, the whole article. Yes. Yeah. So I could always read it. No, I was actually going to get a bear, <gasps> uh-huh. and I, like, and I was going to ask you what do what does a I know what I think of a bear to symbolize, but what does a bear symbolize a Native American?
2: Well, it's different depending on the traditions and different cultures, like just like any other culture, you know, different tribes and traditions. Um, On the medicine wheel, the bear lives in the West. um, And she, um, Mawa, um, is from where my teacher has studied from. Um, She... I, for me, it's like going into the bear cave and she helps um, guide you in your soul, like kind of going into the dream lodge. I can get really off on a whole No,
0: time. I love this. <laughs> I, can already, I can already tell myself, like, this is a dating show, Meg. I wanted to, I wanted to get the bear because uh, the kids always call me mama bear. Well, yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, cause Protection. I'm always, I, I'm totally overprotective and I, and I go a little nuts. So that's, and I, you could get a helicopter. No, a bear <laughs> is cuter, but yeah, I could get a, I could get the <laughs> snowplow, but that's why I, I love that. But, um, all right. So those are two of them. And yeah, so um, I can go, th- I mean,
1: we don't have to go through all nine. All right. <laughs> but, um, but I, I should say I only see four or five that are visible, right? Yeah. So some are yeah. behind closed doors. Yeah. Nothing,
2: <laughs> nothing crazy. But, um, on my low back, I have a nature scene. Um, I, that was my first one because nature is like my church. When I moved out West, I lived out West for 11 years. Um, I got it out there on my foot is mother earth because that's, again, my spiritual belief, Mother Earth. Um, I have um, thank you written across my wrist, and I actually got that during one of the most difficult times of my life when I was going through some pretty heavy family stuff uh, in my mid-30s, and I have got thank you pointing outwards to remind me to be thankful for whatever comes your way, no matter how hard it might be, because it's a lesson and it promotes your growth. Um, I always tell my nephews it's like my little prayer, Every day, even when I'm feeling really rough and grumpy, um, I have a heart on my hand for self-love to remind me that's most important. I have another one. On my, sorry, I have another one on my back um, with a feather, and the word is Wakan, which means holy. And it's um, a teacher of mine that I met when I was in Tennessee spoke to. It's being able to see everything and everyone as sacred. So it's just that reminder that, um, to see everything as, as holy, like everyone's equal. Um,
1: I love, I love it. And I mean, not only at the ones that I'm looking at, but like I said, I knew you would have some significance behind them and Mm -hmm. that it speaks to all of these practices that you have in your daily life or that you strive to be that way, Mm -hmm. I think is really impressive. So you sound very grounded, very at peace, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I am. I really am. It does.
0: But here's what I fear because like I, you know just to be, I mean, I'm not being so funny, but I'd, but like, you know, you do those affirmations, like, you know, you're beautiful. Like, my daughter has these stickers, like, you're beautiful, and they put them all over the place. And like, so sometimes she'll put them on the mirror, like, you're beautiful as you are, you know, be thankful. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you don't see it anymore because it's so common. So I'm wondering you tattoo, thank you. But then, after, or the heart, and then like for the first six months you're like, Yes, I remember to do this, I remember to do it but after a while don't you sort of forget?
2: Oh yeah, or know that what it is is the days where I'm having like really a rough time and I'm like I'm like really upset. I use want to use a stronger word on air but I won't. Right. Um and I look down and see them and I like I just I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. You're like, not today. <laughs> Trust me. It's not like I look at
2: my hands like, oh, everything's beautiful. Um, it's that like kid having a tantrum. You right. know that like life is okay, Meg. You're fine, but I might not feel it.
1: <laughs> I hear you. So tell us. You said you lived out west for a while. Tell I did. us what that was all
2: about. So I. Um, in college, I was up in school in Boston and long story short, I had a very deep desire to live in the mountains in nature. Um, nature is so important to me and I didn't go into nature, but I made a very big commitment that I would go to the mountains after college. And my senior year, I had 12 of my friends ready to go out West. I said, I don't care. Let's just go for a year. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By spring, everyone's flipping out about resumes and jobs. And I ended up going by myself. I literally pulled out a map, like a paper map. And I saw Boulder, Colorado. And I remember, I remember thinking like that sounds like a cool place. And I moved, I took a week and found a job and drove my car out with my stuff and moved in with three guys out West in Boulder and live there for three two. guys that you knew, or three nope. guys that you met in the newspaper? Newspaper. And then I lived in Boulder for two years and was a teacher there. And then I moved to Jackson, Wyoming for two. And then I went to grad school in Bozeman, Montana. And then I got a job back in Jackson as a school counselor.
1: Wow. Not show. No. You know what?
0: It, it reminds me a little bit of like Cheryl Strayed's Wild. Yeah. You know, sort of going out and just finding yourself. And there's, there's definitely, it's so admirable because I actually. So, don't laugh. I think I'm not about laughing. that. I I'm I think impressed. about
1: that like after, you know, maybe the kids leave the nest and I, stuff. So I'm I, mostly I impressed it. that. I mean, you also it sounds like you had career track jobs that were mm-hmm maybe fulfilling professionally, you weren't, you know, sometimes people do what they have to do and I'm not not knocking that either, but you know, you could go wait tables or something that's not necessarily on your career path just to get, just to fulfill the other dream. But it sounds like you kind of did both. It was cool. Yeah.
2: It's, um, it's funny because when I moved out there, I always wanted to be a teacher. I knew that from the get go. And what did you teach? I taught middle school, sixth grade. Um, oh,
1: God bless you. That's, um, I know, right. But I, tough, and I loved it. Yeah.
2: You? Um, I taught religion of all things, which is kind of comical, um, religion, language, arts, and literature. And then I was a preschool teacher and I did substitute teaching in Jackson. And then when I got my, um, master's in school counseling, I became a school counselor at a kindergarten, first and second grade school in Jackson. So I, my, gr- my career was very grounded. Um, and I, kind of got burned out and that's when I moved back east and some shifts have been happening and it's kind of like, it's
0: kind of starting over, but it's good. It's interesting because your prior job, even though it was in a school, it was, it was being someone who guides others. Yeah. And, and and then you have the, the, the tattoo of someone guiding and Mm so it's it's interesting how that you gravitated towards that yeah i love that you use the word guide
2: too because um with regards to what i want to do moving forward i do believe in my nature is to help people to guide people um so it's like again getting my head out of this small box like you must use your degrees you must be in the schools and i I don't want to do that I want to work with people of all ages. I'm really good with youth, though. I know a lot of people really sometimes don't like to work with youth. (laughs) So um, it's incorporating my spirituality, the work I've done there, with the skills I naturally have.
0: Okay, so we're going to get back to this, because I'm curious now, since you like working with youth, um, dating a man that maybe has kids, if that would be something Mm -hmm. um, that is particularly appealing to you. But right now, we're just going to take... few minutes uh, and we'll come back. We'll talk more to Megan and you're listening to Love at First
1: Listen. Welcome back to Love at First Listen. I'm Lou Ann Sims. I'm here with Terry Heyman and our guest today who is Megan. This is the show where we bring on fantastic single people, get to know them and let you get to know them and maybe find them some romance from our listening area. So we're having a great conversation with Megan who is 41 but looks a lot younger, would uh, be interested in dating someone maybe mid-30s to mid-40s-ish but no hard cap, right? No. She's a very spiritual person. Um, we've been talking about some of the Things she's been doing and where she's headed in her life. So you're just about to tell us about goals for your career at this point. You said in the beginning you are in the midst of a transition. Is that right? You want to tell us a little bit more about what you're hoping to transition into? Uh-huh. Sure. This transition's
2: been, uh, if I were to be honest, uh, when I moved back east, um, I was 34, and I've done um, yoga teacher training. I got a meditation certificate. I looked into massage. I, like I was just... It was almost like having the eyes of a child again and um trying to create what I wanted to create back here um, and to to sum it up i guess i I want to find work um in counseling of some kind to i don't say to pay the bills but i and, you know a job yeah, well, it's my dramatic. dream my dream is um I want to work with people and I feel like there's a huge disconnect with people, and I'll use the word soul, their spirit, their soul. Um, and what do you think that's due to? I think you look at the world, I mean, social media, um, I think the way we treat each other, the divisions that we create, um, the lack of respect for our earth. Um, we are so detached. I mean, you know, you look around, people have wires coming out of them. Um <laughs> Screens attached to them. Um, It's, it's, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's almost like the scales need to be way brought back to balance. So, hence also my um, passion for nature. I believe nature, um, I believe we're equals. Humans are not the top race on this planet. We are just one of many. I believe nature, uh, every element of nature has a spirit and soul just as humans do. And I believe that when you connect back into nature, Nature wants to connect with us again. Um, I, this is where, again, I can go way off well, topic. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering, if
0: someone's listening, because I, I kind of get what she's saying. You know, I, I know for me, you know, if I spend too much time, you know, scrolling through Facebook or whatever, I get anxious. You, you hear all those those articles and, you know, they're all like bad news and it gets a little nuts. So what's like something someone could do just real quick to to sort of
2: connect more to their soul? Hmm. I think, and I am working on this all the time and probably will for the rest of my life, is getting out of the head and coming back into the heart. And what does that really feel like? And the heart wants to speak to us. Um, again, I'll speak from my teacher, um, Native American teacher. Um, the heart is supposed to be the chief, and the mind is supposed to be the council. And the chief speaks, and the council, the head, is supposed to interpret, carry out um, what the heart wants. Oftentimes we are living totally up in our heads and that becomes the chief and our, so we're not listening to our gut and intuition. So meditation practices of bringing yourself down to heart center to put it simply.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. I, I'm fascinated by that and I'm hoping to make a, a similar transition in my life and spending less time on the phone and online and I feel like it's ruining my life in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but I'm interested in practically how do you function as someone I mean you're not fully off the grid but how do you how do you balance that how do you manage to get through the day and do what you need to do without being connected all the time
0: because yeah. it is addicting i think they've said that oh, it's when, an addiction when you're there it lights up
1: certain parts mm-hmm. of your brain and then it's almost like slot machines where you're going more and more and more mm-hmm. so like but beyond the addiction it, like the thing on the, the wall i've hit now is just being able to function being able to be in touch with my kids teachers being able to communicate about this radio show being able to make plans with friends how do you do all of those things without being connected so much Right. I agree. And that's, so I, um, I said earlier, I,
2: my friends think I'm crazy and my nephews can't understand it truly. I don't have internet at my house. I don't have a TV. Um, I have a little radio and I have my phone. We support radio.
0: (laughs) So do I. Okay. You have
2: your phone, but you don't have internet. So what you use, like I just use my cellular, but I, you know, I don't use enough to obviously mess with data. But so, um, like I go to the library too, when I've been working on these, these things I'm working on for my work, um, I go to the library and I use that and it's so nice. Like it's so old school, but it's so nice it's
0: because it's a set time and you know, you're not going to be distracted right
2: now. I will get internet at my house someday because as you just spoke to, it's, it's like, there is a balance. We need it nowadays. Um, I don't have like a great answer for like, what is the balance and the health of that? i I'm not saying everyone should just go live out in the forest and be all right. Um, But I just, it's a tough one. And I think that's why this passion of connecting people back to nature has been a long time passion. But I've always struggled, like, you know, is it really needed? And now I get it. It is needed. Doctors are prescribing people, are prescribing people, you need to go out in nature for 20 minutes.
0: Wow. Yeah, I've heard that they take a walk.
2: Yeah, and like Time Magazine just had an article like, "Wow, twenty minutes in nature can actually make you happier." And to me, that's mind blowing that people are so disconnected that it's like that's news. That you know it, it speaks
1: to the fact that we're not even doing we're not doing mm-hmm. that. We're not even going out for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, so Megan, no, mm-hmm. no internet, no mm-hmm. internet, no TV,
0: a little radio. What do you do at night? So <laughs> I know it's <laughs> I um
2: I do. It's funny because sometimes I'm like I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of Redbox. I use what is that? It's where you can rent movies. Okay. I feel like I'm in the
1: Wait. 1950s. No, I know um, exactly what you meant. Yeah. You but can still <laughs> rent movies these
0: days. I had no idea. How yeah. Do you- okay. At the supermarket oh, in the com- vending machine. Yes. Yes. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yes.
2: Um, I um. But what do you play them on? My computer. Oh, Okay. I have a computer. Yeah. All right. I do have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um. You know, I'll read. um, I get outside a lot. Um, I live in a place where the Schuylkill River is right by my house. I'm very fortunate. I'm not a city person, really, um, Mm -hmm. as you can probably imagine. Um, So I get outside a lot. Um,
0: So given this mm -hmm. kind of stuff, let's say you meet someone that you're interested in, a man. What would be the ideal date? I know. See, part of me, well, the ideal date would
2: be... um, I'd say a tent, a fire, some music, and anywhere out in nature. I don't care. It would be great with me, you know, and it would be. But I'm also, I want to, I need, I'd be open, like, to go out, like, take me out to the city and, like, let's go to a fun restaurant for dinner. Like, I'm not anti-doing nice things, Um, (laughs) um, but I just, I don't, I don't need a lot when it comes to material stuff.
1: Oh, now, what what does that mean? What does your apartment look like or your house look like in terms of things? Super simple. Like, when I
2: first, I own my own little home. It's just over a 1,000 square feet, and it's perfect. Um, when I moved in, I could have put, like you know, what are those big poofy chairs? What are they called? Like beanbag chairs. Right. I mean, I had nothing cause I used to live on a farm and mm-hmm. I lived in this little carriage house. Um, so I had nothing. And so when I moved into this quote unquote ginormous 1000 square foot home. Um, it was very empty and I could have lived like that for a long time. My sister was the ones like, um, you need to get some furniture in here, <laughs> you know? Um, but over time it's, it's, I, my, I do, I, I've, I'm a photographer, and so I have a lot of my nature shots up around. It's, I will say this. I'm, I, think, I think I'm really good at creating a very cool, peaceful environment. Because everyone who comes into my home, they're like, God, I feel so cozy in here. She Minimalist. In- yes.
1: Yeah, I love that. I'm like, like you for my brother. Are you willing to move to yeah. Ohio? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. I'm thinking like you could like, stage things. Um, yeah.
0: I know. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned uh, before that you were a yoga teacher. Do you still teach yoga? I don't. My teaching career in yoga was short-lived. Um,
2: I loved I loved learning it. Um, I have found when I did the training, I, I said to myself, like, don't do this thinking you have to become a teacher. Um, it was for myself. And I love that I can do my own practice at home. Um, I don't connect with the
0: yoga um, scene. And what do you mean by that? Because I think I know what you mean, because I used to do yoga and a lot of those things. But what, what, what do you mean by that?
2: I, this is, and I do not want to show any disrespect to any, you know, I never had a bad experience. There's an energy. I, I connect more with native American spirituality, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, so when I went into the yoga program, I love the stories. I love the teachings. They're beautiful. What I have found in yoga today, just Um, in my experience, I feel like yoga has become a competitive sport, a competitive sport. And there's a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but like kind of this, um, surface, the depth to what yoga, like yoga was done originally
0: to prepare you to meditate. That's right. Just so you could sit for six hours, eight hours a a day. That's why those hip open. I'm with you. Yeah. I feel like like um, it's gotten the essence of it has kind of gotten lost. I agree. To a hundred percent. And I used to do yoga in places and I felt like everyone was judging everyone, and I'm like, the whole idea of yoga is non-judgmental, right?
1: Yeah. So, I I kind of just do my own practice. I yeah. only ever did yoga on my Wii in my living room, and my dog <laughs> was non very non-judgmental, so that's still a good option. See, exactly right, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Sure. So how did you how did you get into the whole Native American spirituality? Because I feel like that's something that not a lot of people are familiar with.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I. Um, I mean, I think Native American spirituality, um, there's something referred to as the good red road, and it's about a way of being, it's not a religion, it's not a cult, it's a way of being, and it's very natural living with the earth. And so I would say from being a kid, adolescence, I've always been very simple and connected to nature. Um, So in that way, I would say that's Native American, you know, but when I, I, I met a teacher in Tennessee who studied Toltec traditions, my um, like South American um, traditions and did some spiritual trips down there. Um, there's practices I started learning. And then I met my current teacher, um, Eagle Skyfire, um, who's actually local here. She's amazing. Um, and she got me really uh, on track, helped me to get on track with learning more about traditions ceremony, um, teachings. So it's kind of, um, I don't really, I didn't consciously say one day, like, I'm going to pursue this. It just kind of unfolded. So it's
0: the best good. way to yeah. put it. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. That does make sense. So, Megan, let me ask you. So you're out, you're taking a walk, maybe by the Schuylkill, maybe you're at Valley Forge Park, mm-hmm. and there's a man, I don't know, he's taking a walk, maybe he's playing guitar, who knows? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you catch his eye, he catches your eye. What is something he could do, you know, to sort of make you interested just say hi. No. <laughs> simple, simple. So if you're listening out there, it doesn't take much,
2: you know. I laugh, and yet um, there's something about a connection. And I know again that's a cliche word, but um, there's there's it's being friendly. It's it's making I, I'm I'm awful. Well, I think my friends tell me like Meg, you flirt, you you do flirt, but like I don't I don't know how to be very proactive. Like if I see a cute guy like I'm not gonna i get like i joke i'm like become like a middle schooler, and like I can talk to anybody and their mother forever and ever, but if I'm interested with in a guy like I get nervous, i like don't make eye contact, <laughs> I like walk away i mean yeah, um, so for a man to approach me, just just be kind and smile and i'll I'll chit chat doesn't mean we're gonna like walk down the aisle, but it's like I think that's something i I do online dating. I have done it. And that's something that is very frustrating because of the inauthenticity
0: on it's there. It's interesting that someone who hates being online does online dating. Trust me. It's <laughs> like pulling teeth by
2: many friends. I mean, Megan, you need to do it. You know. All right. So you've so, done it and
0: you haven't had much success no. with that. Okay. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not surpri- I'm not surprised. I mean, that. In many Frankly, my- I, I'm not surprised. I'm i not because someone who's who's connected with nature, who's spiritual, who's artsy isn't necessarily the demographic for online dating. Right. 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 And I just think the challenge is
2: that it is very hard for people to it's I have found um, it's kind of inauthentic. Um, people can put whatever they want on screens and write whatever. Um, and then it's also something that's been very frustrating is like, for example, you might email with someone for a little while, you know, and then all of a sudden they just go away. And see, I look at that as like, Oh my God, like just have respect and and send me an email and say, yeah, I'm not interested. But like the norms of how we treat people on online dating, are so low to me. You're the ghosting.
0: It's just a yeah. free for all. And right?
2: it's like almost like, not expected, but it's like, oh, whatever. And I'm like thinking, that's not okay. Right. So that's the struggle I have with online dating is like, you just kind of walk into it already expecting, like, well, you know, maybe this one will work after two weeks of talking. And it's just, yeah, I don't know.
1: Hold, hold that thought. I think yeah. we'd like to explore that a little bit more. Right now, we need to take a break and hear from our sponsors. This is Love at First Listen. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Love at First Listen.
0: And this is Terry Heyman with Luann Sims, and we're talking to our guest Megan. And before we go back to Megan and dating and spirituality and how to get more in touch with your soul, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, A Taste of Olive. They have two locations, one in Westchester Borough and the other Chestnut Hill. High-quality extra virgin olive oil and balsamics from across the globe. They make excellent gifts, and they ship around the country. Just go to atasteofolive.com and use the code LOVE at checkout for 10% off at olive.
1: So we were just talking with Megan about the um, attempts at online dating that she's had and how they weren't, they didn't go very well and how you think maybe it represents the way we we treat each other in our society these days. And you want to say a little bit more about that? You said people just kind of disappear without any respect for telling you where they're going or... Right. And maybe, I don't know,
2: again, like I feel, I feel like I want to be like, oh, I'm so old school saying this, but it's not, it's just like, it's just like human, like, courtesy. You know, um, my friend who was awesome, she actually, and I have friends who've met their partners online, so I'm not, I don't, I think it works. Um, but she kind of prepped me about some of the awful stories that she went through when I finally did join sites about like what could happen. And, um, so it, it kind of makes, she gives you tough skin. <laughs> um, and actually maybe it's good for me cause it helps me to practice not attaching to someone that you really like. Um, But I just, um, I think it's that and something I'll speak to, I'll put it out there. I mean, I'm 41. I don't have any children, but I would like to have a child someday. Um, I'm realistic enough that I'm not going to be having three, four, and five, Mm -hmm. um, nor do I want that many. But, um, you know, I do believe it's still possible. And so I, I mean, this is my projections onto what I think people are going to feel, but it's really hard to say, I want children Because I'm already thinking someone's going to be like, "Oh boy, 41. She wants a kid. She probably just wants to get hitched up right away." And you know, and that's not it at all. Like I am, believe me, I don't want to rush meeting someone, having a child. I think it's just it's very hard to get to know somebody, myself included, online.
1: Right to have you to. I think it's very hard to represent yourself in a in a a, you know a a paragraph or you know and to check off boxes that speak to the depth of your life and your personality and everything like that. And not only that, but my understanding, although I've never dated online, is
0: that um, you see someone that you think you like. And before you even pick up the phone, there's a certain amount of texting that goes back and forth to see if you even get to a level where you want to pick up a phone. And honestly, the texting, there's no nuance in texting. And people just have a conversation with these shorthand emojis. And it sounds crazy because you don't even know this person. And then you can misinterpret things. Oh, yeah. Um, I just went through one, like, a couple sh- weeks ago. Want to like, share?
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with this guy, you know. But, I mean, we're we're adults, and it's just, I'm thinking, like, he seemed interested. We did meet. We had a nice date. Um, and, again, I'm a phone, like, I, like I, I hate the phone, but I also, I'd rather be, you know, on it, listening and talking to you. He seemed interested to want to hang out. But, like, literally, I get like one line, like one word sentences, like, How was your weekend? And then I'd respond, and we were having a conversation one night, and I'm in my head thinking, Oh my God, is this my life right now? <laughs> and like, it was just all through text. <laughs> all through text. And I'm like, Okay, Meg, take a break, like, just relax. And so time went on, and th- it was just texting, and I'm like, Is this dude gonna ever just call? Or, like, and then I don't feel comfortable calling. It's that weird, like, and then I like, then I go into like, screw this. This isn't working because it's like if you're into somebody, you wanna you wanna make an effort, and I would think that would go beyond texting.
0: I think what, I I hear it's that. Weird. But I think what that is is people are so busy. Like it's the way they can. Oh, I'm sort of having a conversation while I'm doing the laundry or I'm cooking dinner. It's it's like, it's a way to have, you know, do 10 million things at once. But I agree. If you really want to talk to someone, get to know them. It should be a
1: phone. I mean, I I think it's just safety. I think it's, I think we can be anonymous on these sites. And I think that's one of the reasons people treat each other so poorly. It's like when you cut somebody off in a car and then sometimes you realize you knew them, you know, or you're both going to the same place and it presents a whole new level of anxiety about it. Right. Because otherwise you feel like you can do whatever you want. No one knows you. And I think online, even if our names are attached or a profile name, people feel like uh, they can just do whatever they want because no one—it's not real, I don't right? Know.
0: But I remember when I was in my early twenties and I would have um, relationships. I would sit there on the phone with them for hours at night, just talking, yeah. and it was like a big thing. Like, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Like whatever it was. But it, but you heard the voice, you heard the nuance, you it was heard just you nice. know it felt much more connected. Right. I mean, there's I guess there's a little bit of that, like maybe with. FaceTime, but I don't know. And I've had relationships like that where you talk for hours and
2: hours and, you know, and it's great. And so, again, this is the thing. You meet someone online, you start texting How long do you make, give it patience for it to evolve into where you're talking for hours and hours? Or do you look at that as like, you know what? If the dude was interested, he'd do step up
1: and then you cut it off. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. yeah. I almost think we just don't know. We're just so out of the habit of even talking on the phone that sometimes when I have to make a phone call, I, I have a little bit of anxiety because I do it so rarely. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's just a different world where people, you know, don't don't know how to speak on the phone or don't know how to make phone calls.
2: And it's an enorm. Like, my friend, um, she met her fiancé um, online, and I was talking to her the other night about the situation and going through all the details. And she and I was like, so I'm like, you and Josh totally, like, talked. And she's like, actually, no. Like, we just always texted
1: when we... Right. It was consistent. See, and then they'll get married, and she'll be upstairs texting him while he's downstairs. Right. And so... Right, so it works. It just continues. Yeah, so I'm like, (laughs) all right, am I
2: like, are my expectations too high? Because I'd like to talk to you on the phone, or is this the norm that it's going to be okay to text?
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. It's a tough one, and that's why we have this show, Love at First Listen, so people can actually hear real conversation, get to know people in depth, get to know their interests beyond what you see in a profile. So if you're listening, and you also feel like, oh, you don't really get online
0: dating. And, you know, the social media stuff gets you a little, you know, crazy, and it just seems empty. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or on our website, love at first and send a note to Megan and we will pass it along. Or if uh, you think you would like to be on the show yourself, send us a note as well, and we can schedule you to be a guest on Love It First Listen, too. So uh, we could talk to you for a whole nother hour, but I'm afraid our time is up. Thank you so much for coming with us uh, on this journey and um, sharing uh, a little bit of yourself with us and our listeners today. Thank you. Um, anything else to add before we say goodbye to Megan? Thank you for
1: listening to Love It First Listen. And, Megan, you're great. Um, And uh, we hope to stay in touch with you and hear what happens next for you. Yeah, check out her picture on uh, our
0: Facebook page. And so that wraps it up for this week. A Thank you to our sponsor, A Taste of Olive. You can listen to a podcast of the show. Just search Love at First Listen using the at symbol on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Our podcast is produced by Bree Ezrow and Kyle Hudson. And this episode of Love at First Listen is a production of Crimson Planet Media and WCHE 1520 and was produced by Kyle Hudson. Thanks for listening to Love at First Listen, because you can't always trust your eyes.